Hi there, I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. Thank you for joining us on Metaphorically Speaking for another Cause in COVID episode. Today, we're talking with Linda from the Colorado Springs Conservatory. And Joe, that just makes me think that you need to sing our intro today. <laughs> Again, no singing allowed. Uh, I'm sure Take it away. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I'm sure Linda and her team is, is thankful for that yes. as well as anyone tuning in. <laughs> Well, this was a really cool conversation with Linda, who just shared a little bit about the conservatory's mission to just inspire and motivate and include students um, as they work toward reaching their musical goals. But in addition to that, you know, it's just immersion into the study of art. And I love just the community advocacy that they bring to the conservatory as well. So yeah, they've got, I mean, it's really amazing what they've been able to develop since COVID came around. She talks about some of the programs in this episode, but she had said with, said to me personally, I think that they were around 1500 1500 students and then COVID hit and now they're around 3000. That's um, right. Yeah. There's so many students who have other activities, sports and other things that have been canceled or postponed. Um, their parents have been looking for other activities to get their kids involved in. And, and certainly they've been a beneficiary of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So they had really good goals um, to just kind of provide online programming and zoom programming when COVID hit. And it really was, miraculous to me just how fast her team was able to pivot and just serve the needs of her community and like you just said even totally expand the number of of students they were able to reach yeah i think i think within 72 hours they had an online offering available which i think you know they just they they love that in-person interaction and it's just amazing how much they were able to quickly shift those um that musical training from a from a personal to a digital format and still keep mm-hmm. the quality there, um, and then inter- entertain other opportunities and other uh, outlets uh, along the way. So it's exciting to mm-hmm. see kind of where they are today and where they're where they're headed. It's really they've also got that uh, Rocky Mountain PBS show that uh, they're launching in August, uh, August sixteenth. So by the time this show airs, there might be a few episodes on there. But I know they're they're running every Sunday morning. And just great for younger kids to get an introduction mm-hmm. uh, with really free access to such great training, um, on musical training. Definitely. So tune into that and check out the conservatory if that's something that you think your children would be interested in right now. So thank you, Linda, for just sharing your story with us. We're really happy to see that the conservatory has done so well. Thanks for listening. So maybe we just start with just sharing a quick synopsis about the Colorado Springs Conservatory. Uh, you know, how long have you been around? You know, what's your what's your mission? Why do you exist? Sure. Thank you for asking. Well, the mission of the Colorado Springs Conservatory is to inspire, motivate, and challenge students to aspire to their highest potential through arts immersion studies and community arts advocacy. We started the program um, in 1994 with just a handful of students that were coming after school. And I'm really proud to say that effectively 20 six years later, 
we are providing access to arts immersion programming for over 3,000 students um, across the Pikes Peak region, and that is about to expand even further. So we're, um, mm. we're now running programs during the day with our educational partners, be they school districts, homeschool academies, or other arts uh, or other um, educational partners. We have our after-school program, which serves students ages birth through um, high school uh, seniors um, mm -hmm. from a 100-mile radius. And then um, we have our community programs, which include rather extensive programming for young people with uh, special needs, as well as an arts immersion programming for uh, military um, enlisted and um, uh, retired and their families uh, through okay. Citizen Soldier Connection. So, okay, so it isn't just kids, it's adults as well. We do have community programs that include adults, yes. And I imagine that's going to expand now that we um, are, have added this virtual platform as well. Perfect. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Can you talk, before we get into that too much, can you talk a little bit about just, you know, businesses are kind of all over the, the map as far as some stayed open the whole time, some had to shut down for a period of time. How was your business impacted by COVID uh, in, in the early days? Certainly. Um, I'm really proud to tell that story because when um, we saw that coming, we um, were poised and ready to pivot and we were able to literally within 72 hours hmm. um, bring all our students online um, virtually um, and with, um, with Zoom capacity, which was very important because we realized the impact of the social emotional piece and the isolationism uh, that would be affecting our, our students, all of the students, uh, be they partner and, um, and the after-school programs. So the, um, the feedback that we got from the parents was they were so pleased um, because so many of their other um, children's activities had a, a very challenged time in, in providing access. Right. But we were there and we were um, connecting and we were continuing our lessons and our classes, but most importantly, we recognized right away that the um, the most important thing was for the kids to stay connected mm -hmm. um, personally. Yeah, you talked a little bit about just the kids' lives changing. You know, some of the activities that they were used to be doing during the spring and summertime got got uh, either put on hold or canceled altogether. Talk talk a little bit about sort of why why uh, people were choosing you in the first place. What were some of the pain points? Why were they coming to you? And then talk a little bit about you know how that might have, how that's changed uh, since COVID has arrived. Sure. Well, you know what's um, what I think is a very unique component about the conservatory is that we don't audition um, young people to participate, and yet we continue to get incredible results. And um, in our after-school program, graduate 100% of the students to the colleges, conservatories, universities that they choose to go to. Mm. They don't all go into music, but that speaks volumes to our mentors and to the commitment of um, helping these young people um, achieve their dreams. So when that being said, I think that um, word got out very, very quickly that we were not only a resource for excellent arts immersion um, programming and studies, um, to include private lessons and instrumental voice and theater and so on and so forth, but that that we did provide that additional personal access, which parents and families recognized right away was going to be very important to their children. I think that um, what we saw initially and the the access and the Zoom and the fact that 
that families were sharing their their um, being pleasantly um, surprised with how we were gracefully aggressive with how we maintained um, the rigor of access. Uh, again, it wasn't always easy because not a lot of students don't have internet, they don't have the equipment, they don't have their instruments, so we worked very, very, very hard to make sure that everyone had access to what they needed. And then when we were able to go live, um, I think that, you know, it, it would be noted that the conservatory experienced exponential growth um, from new families. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that was just the word getting out that we were accessible and that we were um, connecting personally and how important that was. Um, all our camps filled up right away. And again, they're very small, so not that that was hard, but it was um, it was a pleasant surprise for all of us. But we had recording arts, DJ, theater camps, young performer camps. We had um, composition. And again, we continued lessons, so we had a myriad of, of um, new students at that time. And we're getting ready to ramp up for fall semester, which starts next week. And again, parents are very pleased that we are in compliance with CDC safe, mm -hmm. um, uh, safety uh, precautions around um, COVID, um, but that we, we're accessible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we will continue to provide also extraordinary performance opportunities, again, all while remaining safe. So we've... Um, you know, I'm only speaking also just to, a, a, you know, maybe a few elements of it. We, we also saw incredible expansion and accessibility for our early childhood programming in that we are our partners at um, CPCD, Head Start, and the Resource Exchange afforded access to their constituents, which was um, a little over 2,000 families that could um, effectively come to a Zoom class. And... Again, kudos to my community partners who saw that this sort of programming and the personal connection was critical to the social-emotional wellness of the children that are in our community. Mm -hmm. We went one step further and um, are partnering alongside our friends at Rocky Mountain PBS, and we turned some of our um, early childhood programming into a basically a television program <laughs> complete yeah, with wow. animation. And, um, and I'm really pleased to say it premieres this Sunday, August 16th mm. at 6 a.m. So super excited about that. And imagine the access that will, will um, come of that for kids across the state. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good has happened. And I anticipate that um, because we are, relevance is very important to our culture. I, mm -hmm. I, I do believe that we will continue to um, to expand. You know, there's no better word for it in, yeah. in a graceful way. And excited about the new partners that are stepping forward to to see what we're able to do together mm -hmm. across the county, across the region. Yeah, you've you've kind of outlined really a, a great before and after picture, sort of what the programs were offered prior to COVID, what's what's been added to the mix since. Do you think these will stick around for the long run? Are they sort of just in this interim phase while we're, while we're kind of dealing with COVID's existence and prevalence? Or um, do you see them just really being part of your ongoing offering going forward? That is a really good question. And on the heels of several weeks of conversations um, with educators, 
policymakers, um, families, parents, community partners, I do believe that much of what we're seeing right now will remain in one iteration or another. Hmm. And I think what's going to come out of this is maybe things won't sustain in, in, the, in the fashion that we see them today. Mm -hmm. But I think what will happen is some incredibly new ways to collaborate, ways to educate, ways to um, provide access. I believe that it has no doubt heightened awareness of um, the fact that so many don't have access and that as schools offer things both online and um, and live, you know, they're, I think we're all surprised at how many are choosing online, which you can look at in two different ways. In some of our more underserved, at-risk uh, portions of our region, it, they're not staying home to learn online necessarily mm -hmm. as much as they are that the 12 year old has to stay home to babysit the nine year old, the six year old and the three year old. Mm -hmm. So I think that that being said, what we'll see down the road is some pretty significant dips in what kids are able, what kids know, what, yeah. how we're learning and that this period of time and where we've all had to stretch, uh, that I think that new things will be in place. Um, and if we pay attention, we'll, we'll be able to thwart that dip, if you will, mm -hmm. in such a way that maybe it won't be as significant as some of my colleagues are anticipating it to be. Yeah. Um, so that's, to me, one, that's one of the most exciting parts about the access on the television is that, yeah. you know, there's going to be one piece, one platform, i.e. television, you know, and knowing that there's... 28 minutes out there that's mm -hmm. dedicated to music and literacy, motor, cognitive, language, and social, emotional um, benchmarks and milestones, you go, okay, well, in addition to the other educational pieces that Rocky Mountain PBS are offering, I have absolutely no doubt that there'll be a small little impact that that would have, I yeah. would hope. So I think that to answer your question, I don't think that everything's going to exist as we see it today, but I do believe that there'll be iterations of everything that we're seeing today. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I have no doubt. And I don't want to call it the new normal. I just call this like it's an exercise in um, re relevance. Hmm. It's been yeah. profound. And I've, it's been profound to watch some of my colleagues shift and some of them just be uh, – very hesitant and mm -hmm. and or be so mired down that they can't and so hence they're not able to serve anyone so yeah. it's it's an interesting moment but we're we're in front of it i'm really yeah. excited about that yeah that's that's amazing has this caused you you know with some of this online technology has it caused you to to want to expand your audience? Are you still focused on the Pikes Peak region exclusively? Or how, how are you thinking about that from a long-term perspective with your, in terms of who you're trying to serve? Well, thank you for asking that. I think that, um, again, I think that this whole thing has forced that conversation mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a graceful way. Yeah. But when I talk to my colleagues across the state or across the nation or across the globe, um, 
really what we're doing and what we've been able to create has become very much a model. And so I have no doubt, it's not that we set out going, I mean, I'll always say I want to change the world, <laughs> but um, it's not that we, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic thought, my God, we're going to, we're going to expand. We're going to grow. I just, I do believe the universe said, this is exactly what the world needs right now. And mm. so yeah. people are going to seek, seek you out. You better darn well be ready, you and your team. And, um, and we were. So, yeah. so I, I, I have no doubt that we will have more folks that will have access to us. And I have no doubt that we will continue to have our eyes wide open as to how we can all serve because, you know, we're all in this together. I think that's, yeah. that's the other thing that I'm hearing from my colleagues. This, is, this isn't just one city or one country or one neighborhood. This is, right. this is an entire world. So what's been interesting is those that are seeking to remain relevant and be able to provide are finding new ways to work together. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's exciting. It's super exciting. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love, I'm so excited to how things have developed for you and I'm excited about the PBS show for sure. I want to check that out with my son. How, how yeah, you... this Sunday, this Sunday. Yeah. I will definitely check it out for sure. One final question. What, you know, this has all been as much as you were uh, unknowingly preparing <laughs> for some of these things. Uh, with the technology you had in place and some of the programs you were you were already dreaming up, you know how would you give? What kind of grade would you give yourself? You know, from my perspective, it's just really exciting to hear how you responded and and um, just been really resilient during this time period. But you know, step back a little bit and how how would you grade your own performance as as a conservatory? That's a really um, interesting question because I'm 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 not one to hand out. <laughs> A pluses. Mm. I, I would, I would collectively hand out an A plus to my team. Mm. They were Herculean. Mm -hmm. They are Herculean. They continue to be Herculean. Um, and I don't take that energy for granted. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that for myself personally, Joe, because I feel like in, like in so many different moments of crisis, I feel like I, I was in a fog. Mm. If I was to look back and mm -hmm. if you were to ask me, you know, how many hours a day did you work? I would say we, we probably, the first three and a half months, we probably put in 28 hours a day. I would just say that when it got to a point where we felt like we had a rhythm, and and that we had points of contact with everyone that we were working with um that it felt it felt really good yeah so i don't i would say my team a plus yeah i would say um myself i don't know but i do yeah. know that when i reflect back on some of the calls that i made i was asked to be on the governor's um, economic relief um, committee alongside Deborah Jordy for the Pikes Peak region for arts and culture. And I think that again, there, it was, it was shocking to me. And, no, it wasn't shocking. It was enlightening mm. in that 
it, it really is a testament of leadership. There's those that were willing to close their eyes and say, okay, this will pass really quickly. There were those that said, there's the fire. I'm going to walk into it mm. and do whatever I can to save what, what I can yeah. and put it out and, and, and rebuild. And, and I'd like to believe that the conservatory was one of those organizations and I, I do believe that, um, yeah, it's been yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> Hope that answered your question. No, it definitely does, and I think we're all we're all in that constant personal uh, judgment, and it, it, we probably won't even have the answer to our own grade <laughs> until months and months down the road when you're able to fully look back and see collectively, you know, how we perform. Because I think uh, I have the same personal reaction you do. You know, I've had seasons, days, weeks. Uh, where you're sort of checked out and then you're, you feel strong the next week and it sort of comes and goes, but I've, I've enjoyed hearing your story and what the conservatory has done as a, as a group and certainly has been seen at, based on the community's take of what you're offering. And I'm excited to see where you guys go from here. Well, thank you for um, including us in your conversations, Joe, and um, best of luck to you. And please let me know if there's anything that we can do for you. Thank you so much, Linda. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to the Cause and COVID mini-series on the Metaphorically Speaking podcast. At Keyhole Marketing, we tell big stories for small businesses. If you're in the Colorado Springs area and struggling to tell your story in this season, we'd love to come alongside you and help you with your content, branding, SEO, social media, or photography needs. Send us an email at hi at keyholemarketing.us if we can help.